What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Transformation Podcast brought to you by Soul City Church. Soul City exists to lead people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. And we hope that this podcast helps you move forward in faith wherever and whoever you are. Okay, so let's get into today's conversation. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to the Transformation Podcast, brought to you by Soul City Church. Uh, this is the first episode. My name is John Jorgensen. I'm one of the pastors at Soul City, and it is my privilege to bring you the inaugural episode, the maiden voyage of the Transformation Podcast. We are going to get all into what this podcast is, what it's about, what you can expect. Uh, but before we do that, I have to introduce you to a very very important person, perhaps <laughs> the most important person you will ever meet via audio. It is my co-host, so please, wherever you're at, if it's safe, unless you're driving, then I'm not sure how you would applaud, <laughs> but if you can, give some applause to my co-host, Noelle Huddleston. Noelle, how are you? <laughs> there it that's is! <laughs> that's where the people who couldn't, I couldn't hear it. Yeah, they, they, you heard the woo! Yeah, from the, <laughs> awesome, awesome. Thank you, Noel. Thank you for being here. This for that podca- intro. Oh, of course, uh, this podcast. It's it's you and me. Yeah. Here we go. Oh my goodness. Uh, I I am gonna out you here oh. for a second, if that's okay. okay. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Gone hate. It. <laughs> is this, <laughs> be honest. Is this your first time hosting a podcast? This is my first time hosting a podcast, so thank you for the opportunity. And, yes, of, oh, of course, and you're already doing a great job. You wow, should know that. thanks. So, you just go. sit here and record, yeah, so that's good. That's it. It's just a conversation. So, Noel, um, tell us a little bit about yourself, please. Okay, yeah, so I've been a member of Soul City for three years, and I've volunteered in so many different ways um, with the kids, and then... Love works, but um, during the day, I'm a social worker at a children's hospital, so I'm always about like children and families and helping them communicate, but also helping them with resources and things like that. So um, I love this church. I love being a part of this community. It's shaped me in so many ways, but I also love bringing my social work perspective to a lot of good conversations about faith. So let's do it. That's what I'm talking <laughs> about. You're And you're a Chicago native, I'm correct? a Chicago native, yes. born and raised, and I live on the South Side. Yes, there you go. <laughs> yes, there you so, go. That's yes, amazing. That's amazing. You. So good. And so this is the Transformation Podcast. Yes. Um, and this podcast is an extension mm. of the ministry that we do at Soul City Church. Noelle, you want to tell us a little bit about Soul City for the folks who found us because of your fame outside in the social work world. <laughs> yes. They heard about you being on this podcast and they're like, what's Soul City? Tell us about <laughs> it. Yes. Yeah, so thanks to all my fans, all my mom. Yeah. Hey girl. Social work influencer. <laughs> um, so yes, yeah, Soul City is a church here in the heart of Chicago that exists to lead people into a transforming relationship. And that's just the rundown. That's what we're all about here at Soul City. Absolutely. And this, like we said, this podcast is meant to be an extension of that. And mm-hmm. specifically what we want to do here is we want to have spiritual conversations. Uh, that's what we do. We're a church. But specifically what we want to do is we want to take those spiritual conversations and we want to bring them into the present. Mm-hmm. We want to make them personal and we want to make them practical. So, so what do we mean by that? We want to show how these spiritual concepts that we're going to be discussing together, we want to show how they are playing out in today's present now world. Mm-hmm. We want to talk about how we can live out those spiritual concepts practically, how you are doing it, mm-hmm. how I am doing it, how our guests are doing that in a very practical sense, and, and also discuss how 
these spiritual concepts are affecting us or guiding us or changing and transforming us personally. So present, personal, practical. You can tell that I'm a pastor because <laughs> I made it alliterative. Yeah. So uh, what are we talking about today? Though? So today we're talking about purpose. And in the month of January for Soul City, it's all about purpose in various areas of our lives. And today we want to talk about purpose in our walk with God. And I, I think that's so important for now and starting a new year. And this last year, some of us have maybe lost a little bit of sense of purpose. I know I felt that. 2020. Um, yeah, 20, 2020. Who, right? Like have lost our purpose, lost who we are, um, what our relationship with God looks like because it's unusual and it's different. Sure. Um, but Or I want to recognize the people who may have found a sense of purpose too. So how do we sustain that? Mm. How do we um, redefine it for those who need it? And let's just get on purpose today. What, what is that about? Yeah, and to do that, we've mm -hmm. actually brought in an expert Ooh. on purpose. Yes, we have uh, we have our first our first guest here on the Transformation Podcast. <laughs> uh, you may have heard of him. He is a full time pastor, part time DJ, full time baller. Oh uh, yeah, Jarrett Stevens. Everybody, Jarrett, welcome. Hello, welcome, Jarrett. Welcome. Big fan of the pod. Uh, <laughs> listen to every episode. <laughs> Um, so I'm just happy to be, I'm familiar with your work. I think it's fantastic. Don't we know what it? Don't we know it? So for the, the two people out there, Jarrett, who don't know you or mm -hmm. don't know who you are, uh, give us, give us the 30 seconds. Yeah. I mean, you said it all, you know, I wish you would have led with part-time DJ, but, um, yeah, Gene and I, uh, started Soul City Church over 10 years ago and we live, uh, here in Chicago with our two kids, Elijah and Gigi. And, um, yeah, I have the privilege of pastoring this church together and, um, author, I've written a couple books and, um, you know, that's, and that's about it. I mean, I'm, I, you and I've been talking about this idea for a while now of how do we take sort of the work of soul city beyond just sort of weekends and the ministries that we have. So I'm super excited that we're doing this and I get to be the first guest on the transformation podcast. What an honor. People remember this for the rest of their life. Yeah, so you I'm very remember. excited. They'll always remember. Yeah. All right. Yes. Yeah, so just want to get into your message this week. Great message. Loved it. Thanks, Noel. All about purpose. And um, you I want to really touch base on a few things. Mm -hmm. But the first is this concept of a spiritual drift. But you also mm -hmm. talked about a spiritual shift. But mm -hmm. let's just get into the drifting part. Yeah. Um, you said that you've seen it a lot in our culture. And I want to um, give the listeners an opportunity for you to define that for them. And mm -hmm. where do you see that the most? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think this is one of the... Uh, big concerns that I became aware of personally myself this last year in 2020. But then as I was connecting with people from our church and outside of our church and just noticed that given the compounded events and intensity of 2020, uh, that it just shook. I mean, a lot of, a lot of folks, folks, you know, I've been in relationship with Jesus, the majority, most of my life, and I got shook. I mean, mm -hmm. I, 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 there yeah. was, there were, you know, weeks and months where I was like, I don't, I don't know which end is up, but the th all these things that I thought I knew, I don't know anymore. We can't do what we used to do. And mm -hmm. everything feels like we're pivoting from this to that, to the other. And so I just, you know, began to pay attention to my own life and to the lives of others and notice that that is inevitable in any season, accelerated in intense seasons mm. that it's a mm. drift is inevitable. That's just kind of like we, you know, left to ourselves, we're going to drift. We're going to, we're going to drift out of uh, intimacy with God. We're going to drift out of connection with others. We're going to drift out of the habits and practices. I mean, everyone who's 
you know, listening to this, who set New Year's resolutions, who's maybe mm-hmm. already experienced some drift already this year, because that's just kind of how it goes. That's where things sort of go. Uh, it's part of human nature is that we tend to drift unless we are willing to make some shifts, unless we're willing to uh, incorporate the things that matter to us, incorporate practices, in- incorporate uh, rhythms, disciplines into our life that keep us uh, in connection with God, in connection with others, to, true to the purpose that we have for our lives. You know, with, without setting up uh, not just intentions, but actions, decisions and actions to those intentions, we are all going to naturally drift. And so while that's true, just period of human nature, I, you know, given the fact that we haven't been able to go to church like we used to go to church, we haven't mm-hmm. been able to do small groups, you know, groups here at this church like we used to, I've just noticed it is just a compounded spiritual drift. And mm. it, it, and it's concerning to me for people that I care about, people that I know, for anyone who's in a relationship with God. It, it's concerning to me sort of where we will be on the other side. So that's why, you know, I, I'm a big advocate for identifying it. We all drift. So there's no need to feel yeah. shame or, or any of that sort of stuff. Where I was like, oh, God, yeah, that's of course I'm going to drift. That's what I do. But am I willing to make a shift? Can I make a spiritual shift to get back in alignment with God with others with the values that matter most to me yeah yeah and I think that that's a key right like noticing that you are drifting because that takes a lot of self-awareness absolutely hey I'm not doing the same things that I used to do I'm not um going to church in the same way I, I guess my question after hearing that was did I rely a lot on church activities and small groups to kind of be the foundation for me um going to church having that structure and when it fell through that's when I started to drift. So is it more about reframing your foundation as well as you're drifting? Yeah, I think it's so good that you say that, Noel, because I, I think, you know, th- there are things that work as rhythms for us that we can mm. then sort of numb ourselves out to because yes. we've just become so accustomed to mm-hmm. so that when those things are taken away, you know, it rocks us or it shakes us yeah. or, you know, it wakes us up hopefully to mm-hmm. go, oh, wow, okay, that's n- going to church wasn't the point. Connecting with God and having a relationship with him was the point. Church yes. was a way that I did that. Yes. Okay, if that's not available like it was, it's time for a shift. How can I shift? How can I realign? How can I come back to it? So, yeah, I agree. I think the the putting our faith in, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like um, if, I, if I put my faith in the fact that I go to the gym every day, I go to the gym every yes. day. Now, let's just say for this sake of this illustration <laughs> that I go to the gym every day. I wasn't, I wasn't I yeah, you were, that. Right. You were right along with me as I said that. Mm-hmm. This makes sense. <laughs> right. So just going to the gym doesn't yes. mean that I'm going to choose a healthy lifestyle. Doesn't even mean that I'm going to work out. I could have, you know, the bus drop me off there every day, yeah. walk in and eat a bag of donuts while I'm sitting in the gym. You know, just going to a place doesn't do the thing that you want it to do. It's a tool that you have to choose to leverage in your life. So I would say that's the that's the same with things like church, like groups, like therapy or counseling. You know, if I, I can go to counseling every week, but if I'm not willing to integrate what I'm learning into my everyday life, then then maybe I'm just assuming, well, because I'm there, it must be working. And so in a mm. sense, years like this last year, I mean, this sounds crazy to say, given all that we've gone through and, and what we've lost in different ways, it can be a gift of a wake-up call of yes. like, oh, whoa, wow, I th- okay, I need to pay attention to these things and maybe get some things realigned because I kind of put my faith in this, that, and the other. And now that those are removed, I, I want to make sure I have a foundation that's bigger than those things. Yeah, it kind of sounds like there is there is both an internal drift and a, an external drift. Mm-hmm. There's a drift in our behaviors and our rhythms and the external things that we do and associate with a relationship with God. 
But at the same time, and because of those things, there's an internal drift as well. Our hearts begin to drift. Our minds begin to drift away from God and his presence. And I think what, what you were saying is there's, the shift has to happen in both of those places as well. That there's yeah. an internal shift because of these external shifts and these things that we're making. Yeah, and I would, I would, we, I mean, we're going way past what I taught this last week, which is what the point of this podcast, right? Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, I would say that um, both can serve the other. So, you know, you'd think that the right answer would be, oh, the shift has to stop, you know, happen internally so that it'll produce externally. Yeah. Not always. Yeah. Sometimes or you have to establish the habit first. Yeah. And yeah. then it will change it, your... I, I think it can, world. depending on the shifts that you need to make, depending on what that area of your life is or your relationship with God is, you know, I, I you showing up to worship, right? I remember in a season of pretty significant grief, you know, and I'd come to mm-hmm. church and we'd sing the songs and I'd be like, yeah, I'm not there. Yeah. I'm just, yeah, I'm not that's there. Real. That's not like, I, I'm not, I don't disagree. I'm just not there. Mm-hmm. But keeping coming, being in the room while others are saying these things to be true, putting myself there warmed and opened my heart up to God over time. Yeah. So, so yeah. that was an external thing that worked its way in. And then sometimes it is an internal thing that has to be resolved or shifted. And then it will manifest itself in external or it needs to begin yeah. to manifest itself in external practices, habits, whatever it may be. So it could be, you know, that, that's what resolutions are, right? You don't, you don't start January 1st, 2nd or 3rd by like just going to the gym. You start with an internal thing. I want to be healthier. I want to da, 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 da. Now I'm going to go do these external practices to help this internal shift or resolve that I have. So I believe it can work both ways. I, I think sometimes putting yourself in the place can help, you know, putting, doing the thing enough uh, over and over can, not always, but can make a shift internally in you. So, you know, I don't know if that's what you're asking, no, but there we go. No, that's great. We, we jumped a lot of different ways. And I, I think as a social worker, I'm looking at this conversation like, wow, this is what I would have with a client who's like, I'm just not in the place. I don't, I don't see change. I don't see something different. It's about, well, no, actually you have an opportunity to change. You have, mm. you, you have that opportunity. You have that chance to take a hold of what's going on in your life, recognize it and be like, wow, I'm feeling so many different emotions over this, but I can do something about it. I can invite the Holy Spirit in to really help me shift because that's what he's a helper to help me shift another direction now that I've noticed I've been drifting. So that's really good. Yeah. Yeah, There's something good about that. Like there's a, there's a partnering with God and we were talking about this even as before we started recording Mm -hmm. that there is, there's doing, allowing God and inviting God to do what only he can do in making that shift, Mm -hmm. but also taking ownership over here's what I can do. Yeah. Here's Here's what only I can do. Here's what only I can do today. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I love that. So uh, I want to I want to shift slightly. Mm, John, um, look, wow, you nice. you are a pro. <laughs> My first round. You are a pro. Uh, so you know, talking about this this drift, yeah. this spiritual drift, we we make the shift, and the shift is really towards purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, the, really the in this conversation, in this the conversation, opposite yeah. of purpose is this drift that we're feeling. And so when you both really, I'd love to hear from both of you. When you hear this question of what is the purpose of a relationship with God or a slightly different way of saying that is even like, what is God's purpose for us having a relationship with him? There's a lot of different answers to that question Mm -hmm. that I'm sure we have heard in our church backgrounds that we still hear in the world today. I'm interested specifically when you think back into your background and what you were taught maybe growing up or in your church history what was the answer to that question of what is the purpose of a relationship with God? 
Y'all are pointing. At I each just other. told Noel to go, and then she pointed like that Spider-Man. You yeah, go, we were just no, pointing back go. and forth at each other. No, I, I mean, I'll no. go. I can go real quick no. on that. Yeah. So you're. Yeah. What was it that I was taught? Because yeah. I did. I I did grow up in and around church. Not everyone did, but mm-hmm. I I did. And I would say, by and large, what I was taught was the the purpose of being in a relationship with God was to not do bad things, mm-hmm. and then do good things, and in that order. Like, yeah. don't do the bad things. <laughs> don't sin. Don't screw up. Don't do all these things. And then do good things as well, you know? And and I, it's not a knock on anyone that pastored me growing up, but that was kind of the message I got. Don't do bad things. And if you get to it, you know, if you get around to it, do some good things for God and for others. And, you know, lots of times those good things were read your Bible more, you know, go to church, do, you know, kind of they were heavy handed um, versus out of a place of freedom or out of uh, overflow. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Noel, what about you? Yeah, no, I, I agree with the two. I grew up um, in church too. Uh, shout out to my grandparents who were my pastors. Appreciate you. Um, and I would say that that's the same thing. Uh, that external like, hey, do these things, read your Bible, go to church, sit in the front row so you don't sleep, you know, <laughs> in service. But they were very external. And even as we're talking, I'm thinking about, wow, this this shows why I was drifting because I was so based on my external, uh-huh. like, oh, that, that's how you do it. Be nice to people. Read your Bible if you can sometimes. Listen to worship music. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was definitely that's how my purpose with God was to just have that relationship that way. Yeah, and those external yeah. practices, while they are good and they're fantastic yeah. disciplines to have, weren't necessarily producing that internal, internal. shift yeah. in you that yeah. we were talking about. Yeah, I think for I think for me, those were present. I grew up in I grew up in less of a church background and more of a heavily Christian culture outside of a church. So mm-hmm. it was like an after school program that I was a part of that was founded on Christian values. But a big thing for us, it wasn't necessarily the the spiritual disciplines and the do's and the don'ts. It was way more about, I'm about to use a churchy word, Jared, I apologize. Mm, I'm ready, I'm ready. Evangelism. <laughs> mm. Like the purpose of a relationship with God was for you to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior and then immediately make as sure many as people many as people as possible, as do, possible the do the exact same, like pray the prayer that you yes. just prayed. And that mm. was it. Like that was the only point. And so I struggled a lot Mm. with this question of like, well, what do I do when I'm like sitting at school and it is not appropriate at all for me to like (laughs) evangelize to my teacher? Like, what's my purpose here? I was very lost for purpose in any other circumstance where a, I'm going to sit with you and I'm going to pray that you accept Jesus wasn't necessarily proper for that uh, environment, I suppose. Yeah, and and play that out. Your value to God is how many recruits you get. Yeah, right. essentially. So it's like, man, if you didn't have a good year, if your numbers are down, Mm. where are you at with God? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, totally. That's it's so yeah. It, it's it's not this. And again, this is not to say, like we said before, that the spiritual disciplines and the do's and the don'ts are wrong or bad, or sharing the good news as I was taught to do is wrong or bad. Uh, it just might not be the full answer to that question. Right. And so I'm interested. How has the answer to that question shifted or changed for you, Jarrett? Yeah, I would. You know, I think for me. Um, you know, after, you know, many years and lots of work and lots of unpacking and unraveling and, 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 and reordering some things, I think for me, the, the way I would answer that now is, you know, what is God's purpose for my life? It is intimacy with him. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, intimacy with him to be fully present to him and with my whole life. That would be 
to, you know, and it's gonna, not going to come as any surprise, you know, to love God with my whole heart and mind and strength and soul, all of who I am to be fully present to God. That would be it. And then, shocker, coming right out of that, then to love others out of that same place, to love others as I've been loved in that place, to love others. So that to me is very, it's very different than don't do bad things. And if you get to it, do some good things. Mm -hmm. You know, it is intimacy, closeness, connection, presence with God. And then out of that, offering that to others, offering myself to others in that way uh, is really, that is the, that is the purpose. Yeah. And that's, all of the things that we just talked about, the yeah. spiritual disciplines, the read your Bible, the sharing the good news with your friends, are natural outpourings and fruit mm. of that seed of love God, love others. Mm. Like yes. when, when that is truly at the core of me, I can't help but do those other things. That's just the natural outpouring. And something I have started saying all the time is so often we're putting the fruit before the seeds mm. so many times or encouraging mm. people to do so. Did you TM that? I, I did, actually. <laughs> wow, yeah, that's good. That's why I put that on a little slide. Because I've heard people say, don't put the cart before the horse, but you've taken it to a whole oh, other <laughs> agricultural level. I'm taking it to a different agricultural level. level. I'm making it way more spiritual and don't biblical put the fruit Look, before the seed don't put the fruit Ooh. before the mm. seed no. John, John, John. uh noel i'm interested any any thoughts on how that the answer to that question of what is god's purpose for yeah. our relationship with him yeah i think i agree with jared of course my lovely pastor thank you <laughs> um, <laughs> i know i do agree with you um that it is intimacy and, and but to be honest Sometimes intimacy is scary Absolutely. for people yeah. and even hearing you say, that's what I want. Um, and that's what it should be is like, oh yeah, that's uh, as a Christian growing up in church. Yes. Intimacy with Jesus. I'm all about it. But then it's like, oh, that means I have to be intimate with myself and deal with things that I mm -hmm. don't want to, yeah. um, deal with that I've been hiding and suppressing and putting by. And so I think that's why sometimes it's hard for me to invite God into that intimacy because that means I really have to look at myself mm -hmm. with him. Mm -hmm. And so that does take, um, some time. But again, I think it's definitely a great segue to purpose, but it's also recognizing that I'm human and brokenness is scary mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. Yeah, for sure. And good, I, I th that, that definitely shows your heart as a human being as well, mm. Noel, that, you know, you're willing to, that direction of love God and love others starts with you getting a greater understanding of yourself, yes. which therefore means it's going to get exposed where and how you fall short of that, Yes, you know? Yeah. And, and in, I think so often in, in church culture and in Christianity, we're tempted to look outward yes. at where, where are the problems outside of me mm -hmm. rather mm. than starting with, Oh, well, where am I falling short of this? And I, I think that's, I think that's wonderful. I, I want to shift us yet again, because <laughs> you, you kind of brought up uh, Mark 12 and, the, and the, the great commandment, you know, the greatest commandment of love, Lord, your God, with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. I want to take one second and talk about this word love, mm. because there's a lot of ways to translate and define what it looks like to love God and specifically to love other people, mm -hmm. you know, there's, and we're seeing it in our world right now. Mm -hmm. Does love look like fully accepting everyone exactly as they are and there's no problems? Does love look like getting in someone's face and telling them how wrong their mm -hmm. sinful ways are? Like, w what does, I hear love the Lord your God, but what does that actually look like? Mm -hmm. what, what would you say to that? To loving, what does it mean to really love yeah, what God? Is, yeah, mm, yeah I good. think it's, for for me, that my the thought that's coming up, John, is that 
to allow myself first to be fully loved by God. Mm. And so to really allow myself to be, to, to see and accept that I'm, that I actually am fully loved by God, um, as I am, um, as he created me to be, as he longs for me to be, but that there's literally, there really truly is nothing I can do, nothing more, nothing less to make God love me anymore or any less. Mm. And so when I can allow myself to really experience that fullness of God's love for me, that, that then evokes, I think, a more authentic response of loving God. It's not an obligatory, you know, like obligatory, sorry, love of God. It's like, okay, I have to love God because I was told to love God. It's, oh my God, I can't believe how much you love me. You really genuinely love me. Mm-hmm. And, and then when I just think about that, oh my God, I love, I love you. Like, I, God, I love you so much that you would love me. I love you and I see you at work and I see your goodness and I see your patience and I see... That's what that means for, for me. It's not a thing of the head. It's, it's a, you know, when my whole self gets that, oh my gosh, God loves all of me. And that then is, I don't know, it just frees me up to be able to respond out of that love. I don't know if that makes uh, any sense. And then how that translates to others. Well, wouldn't it be amazing if I could love people in a similar way that God loves me? And, and can I, can I even wrap my head and my heart around the fact that in the same way God loves me, that same way he loves them fully, mm-hmm. completely, nothing they could do, nothing more, nothing less to make God love them anymore, any less. Like that is, you know, that's pretty humbling to, to think about that same love. If I can get in touch with that and know that even that person I you know totally disagree with, or even that person that's nothing like me, that God loves them at that same level of intensity, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty remarkable to me. Mm. I mean, that's actually, I mean, it's actually unbelievable. It helps me see others differently, more humbly, Mm -hmm. you know, when, when I can get that. Yeah. And you're talking about making God's love the example and the Mm -hmm. blueprint, but, and not just a, oh, well, at one point Jesus flipped tables in the temple so I can then berate people as well. It's not picking and choosing. It's allowing God's love to be an example from an experiential standpoint and a deep knowing standpoint, because otherwise we get our blueprint for love and what love looks like from something or somewhere else. Yes. Usually it might be from a parent of, you know, the way my parents showed love for me was the parent who would berate me because Mm -hmm. they loved me. Mm -hmm. And so therefore that's how I love people. Mm. Well, that's not necessarily the fullness of Mm -hmm. God's love. And so I I love that it has to start from an, an experiential yes. knowing of what God's love looks like, yeah, which is, again, so much slower, like you were talking about, Noel, and so much more vulnerable and yeah. intimate than perhaps we're naturally comfortable with. Yeah, and it's a journey, and that means that you don't have to have it all figured out the moment you say, I, I accept Jesus, thank you, I got it now, I'm loving everybody. No, it's a journey, and I think that's where the grace comes in, Yeah, and that's freely given as well. So just to know that I have, it's, I can take my time as long as I'm breathing. God can help me work through these things. I, I can apologize. I can go back. I can say sorry. I can acknowledge that I did this wrong and, and then move forward in, in such a healthier way. So that's exciting. That's, again, like we said, it's an opportunity to grow. Um, but 
not at this quick, fast, quick fix way. They have it all figured out. Exactly. Have, yeah, you right. don't have to. And just walking in. Well, I, don't I don't know have, that you even can. No, exactly. Yeah. yeah you don't have to have <laughs> yeah. it all figured out. No one does. Yeah. Life hack. No one has it all figured out. Uh, good job. Noel, <laughs> dropping those life hacks. I expect <laughs> one every episode now. <laughs> Yo. uh, yeah. I, I just real quick. I was reminded when you're talking there, you know, one of my favorite uh, Christian writers is no longer with us is a man named Brennan Manning. Mm-hmm. And he wrote ragamuffin gospel and signature of Jesus and ruthless trust and so many other books. And I got to spend some time with him a weekend with him probably about, I guess it'd be about two or three years before he died. Mm -hmm. And this is, you know, his whole story. If you know anything about his story was wrestling, you know, with grace and what does it really mean? And a recovering alcoholic and, you know, his story is just incredible and insane. And, and so, you know, I admired him so much and he had so much spiritual wisdom that shaped and formed my life in my twenties. And, early thirties. And so I was like, Oh man, you know, if anyone gets it, Brennan gets it. Like he's got to get, he, you know, he's lived so much, you know, with God. And, and I just remember talking with him over the course of that weekend together and to see someone towards the end of his life with God, still wrestling to mm. accept the love of God, still wrestling that he is worthy, that he's accepted, you know? And I'm like, but you wrote the books that, that said the things and changed my life. And, you know, I was like, I totally expected him to, you know, and still authentically like yes. wrestling. So when you say, Noel, it's a journey, that's like not a throwaway statement. No. It legitimately yeah. is. And I, do, and I, and should be, and will be, and should be until heaven. Like that really yeah. is like, but that's the invitation I believe is for us to more and more and more open ourselves up to receive and, ex- and experience that full love of God. And then out of that offering and offering it more and more, both of those are a journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I'm not just saying it because self-awareness is trendy now, like, and people <laughs> are posting things about it and I post too, but, um, I'm seeing that because that really is, like you said, the blueprint that God has created for us as human beings for that, um, restoration and that coming back to ourselves, coming back to him. And, and that's exciting. Like I said, um, great opportunity. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I can't um, wait for that next life hack. <laughs> I really can't wait. I, I gotta, I gotta think about them. They come off. That's the Holy Spirit. Yeah. All right, oh. hacking lies. Okay, so we've talked about um, a new opportunity, um, a time to refocus and realign in our this area of our lives, or really in any area of our, our lives, and we all need that. And I'd love to take some time for all of us to go around and share how each of us personally stays on purpose in our relationship with God. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I jumped in because I, I thought about this, knowing <laughs> we were going to talk about it. I think for me, and this is very, very practical, but it's just true for me. The key is my mornings. Mm-hmm. I, I'm i a morning person. I, roll your eyes. Cue it. <laughs> there you go. Um, but it really is. It's just like getting started right is so important for me. Um, and that doesn't always, I, I'm a morning routine person. But I, it doesn't have to be the exact same thing every morning. Um, I just know that when I start the day and orient it around quiet and around reading or around some sort of physical activity, just something that a, a different and diverse way to connect with God. Um, it doesn't always have to be I'm going to sit down and read my Bible for 20 minutes. Um, sometimes it's going on a run very early, you know, whatever it might be. Um, if I can start the day on purpose in that way, um, you know, the the life hack is like win the morning, win the day sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if I would say win necessarily, but when I start my days on purpose, um, yeah, it just changes the trajectory of it. Um, 
for me at least. So for me, it's, it's solving the mornings and my mornings have been so off because whenever I go on a little break or a little vacation, I like stay up way too late. Mm -hmm. I sleep in, I, you know, whatever it is. And my mornings just get totally, totally messed up. So I'm, I'm trying to get them back, you know, in line. Yeah. I mean, do you mind if I jump in? I, I can say, um, for me, it's community. Um, my loved ones were the people who really carried me through last year, especially um, working in a hospital, being a healthcare worker. Um, I stayed on purpose, and Jared kind of mentioned this um, a little bit earlier, but just staying in the presence of people who are still positive, seeking God, um, still reading their Bibles, even though I hadn't cracked open mine in I don't know how long. Um, but And then just reminding myself of things that um, brought me joy. Uh, which was worship music or, you know, dancing and things like that. But um, that's, uh, for me, it was just plain and simple. I'm struggling. I'm drifting. I don't know where my walk is, but I can stay on purpose by being around people who have pre-pandemic kept me accountable, um, kept me excited about knowing who God was. So I, I love my community and shout out to you all. Um, but those are the people I wanted to stay connected with, with while I redefine you know, the foundation of my relationship with God. Pastor. Uh, yes, Pastor. <laughs> uh, I, similar to Noel, the, the two that came to mind are, yeah, people. There's mm -hmm. um, specifically, there's two groups that I was a part of this last year. Um, one is a group of people who, you know, it's, it's a Soul City men's group that I've been leading for nine years now with uh, my buddy Mark. And then with uh, these Drew and Angel are two guys that have come on the last two years to help us lead it. And, you know, while it, while I'm leading it, 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 it doesn't feel like that. It's gotten mm -hmm. to a place where it doesn't feel like leadership. It feels, um, so reciprocal, like it's, it's giving and receiving mm -hmm. in this group. And, and there is, you know, I was talking about those, you know, it, the, it is an external thing. It was like, okay, I got to set my alarm 6am Wednesday morning so I can get up so I can be, do the call and do this. You know, it's like, uh, and every, every Tuesday night I was like, why am I doing this group? Why are mm -hmm. we so early? What are we thinking? <laughs> I can't wait till this group is over. Mm -hmm. And then five, 10, 15 minutes into group, I'm like, God, I'm so grateful for this group. I'm so glad that I chose <laughs> this, you know? So, and so by showing up, it would, it would open me up to God and, and, and keep me connected to others. And I, I've found that that really is important to me. And there's mm -hmm. another group that I'm in that's not with faith-based folks, but it's about people who are about living their life in full alignment and on purpose. And, um, it's, you know, so there was our group and then I had two learning partners with that and we did weekly calls every week. And it was just about that checking in yeah. that even talking about where you're at out loud with someone else, you yes. know, if they'll listen and they'll give you the space and not coach you, not fix you, not try and tell you what to do, but just hold it. So you can hear yourself say, Oh yeah, I'm out of alignment with God or I'm out yeah. of alignment in this area of my life. And, for them to have, offer that support to me is incredibly important. So that those groups, the people one is a big one for me. And then, mm -hmm. you know, meditation is my, my prayerful meditation is, is it. And I, I, you talk, you know, when the morning, when the day I know when I, I can feel the difference of when I carve out a significant amount of time to be still and to be quiet with God. And it's usually it's best in the morning. I, I can sense my day different throughout mm -hmm. the rest of the for day. Sure. Sure. And I'm sure others can, tell when I don't <laughs> well, starting with my wife and kids. They yeah. can usually tell like, Oh yeah, he probably didn't meditate this morning. So that prayerful meditation piece for me, that just stopping and being still and 
whether it's reflecting on a passage, whether it's just in silence, whether it's just whatever, uh, is pretty clutch, mm-hmm. is pretty clutch to keep me just, you know, back in presence with God, back in presence with God, back in presence with God. So, yeah. okay. So I'm going to hold us accountable here because mm-hmm. we, we had this discussion we're like, what shifts are we making? Look at us, <laughs> all American Christians. Mm-hmm. And pretty much all of us talked about external mm-hmm. shifts. So I'm going to ask what is an purely internal shift that, that you perhaps, and it doesn't have to be just in the new year, but lately have felt God pushing and pulling and guiding you towards. I can start since I surprised you with this question. Um, for me, it's, for me, it's surrounding uh, how I define my own value and worth. We love the Enneagram mm-hmm. here at Soul City. I am a three on the Enneagram, which if you're not familiar with that language, essentially means uh, I derive a lot of my own identity from what I achieve and what type of success and goals I can accomplish. Uh, and so for me, so much of how I define myself is based on how did I do on my to-do list today? Um, what is my performance like? Mm-hmm. Uh, and a, a reminder that God has been shifting internally for me in the last couple of years is uh, the way he's sort of said it through the spirit has been, John, even if you never did any of the stuff you've already done, and even if you never accomplish anything you want to, that would not change the way that I love you. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to what we were talking about. It's like that experiential idea of, I think I need to go out and earn it and prove that I'm this. And the internal shift of God is saying, Hey, that's great. Good for you, John. I'm so proud of you. But before you did any of it, I loved you mm-hmm. and I still do. So that's, that's the internal shift for me. Anyone? I just had the thought, John, if only you had a kind and loving boss Mm. that could help, but too bad, too bad you don't. I need it. Too bad you don't. Pray for me. Um, I, there's a question that I talked about it in my message two weeks ago that Jeannie has given me and, um, and I'm sure she didn't come up with it, but it's a pretty core question that, uh, leads to, I mean, it, it is a, it is a, a shift inducer if I'm willing to do it. And that's what's here now. And so, you know, when I find myself revving up, when I find myself pulling away or shutting down, when I find myself on Instagram and feeling like, oh, what, is, what have I done with my life? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm looking at all these other people. Oh, man, what, their, their life is awesome. You know, and I just like to just pause and ask that question in the presence of God. Okay, what's here now? Oh, I feel scared. Or, oh, I feel... Uh, angry or, oh, I feel, you know, whatever it is, I feel so much joy or I feel so sad or I feel that question. It, it at least sets up a shift for me. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, if that's what I'm feeling, is that where I want, is that what I, where I want to stay? Do I need to feel that feeling all the way through? Is there something that is not of God and not for me in this that I can just let go of? But just that little question, what's here now in, you know, in me, what's here now, it just opens me up to a shift and it's, it become an invaluable, invaluable tool. My, my, that connection, that constant connection with God. Strong. Noel. Yeah. So I probably should have went first because my answer is similar to Jared's. <laughs> hey, that's but, why you guys were pointing at each other. Cause yeah. you're like, um, yeah. So I, I mean, I started my counseling journey back about like two weeks ago. Um, and she way back two weeks ago. 
I said back two weeks ago. Didn't nobody say way back? My instinct in that moment was to celebrate it. So right. that's awesome. Good for you. Good Hello. for you. My goodness. I, I'm hmm. okay. Some hating going on. No, in the I, room. Uh, genuinely, I think I'm that's back great. In it. Thank you. Thank that's you very great. much. Shout out to my counselor. But um, yeah. So she. I don't know if anyone else resonates with this, but I have a lot of negative thoughts that come through my head um, and it seems like they're on a loop about any and everything. And so um, taking the moment, like Jared said, to recognize what's here, but um, also to balance that out with a positive um, in terms of like, that's not how I think. I don't have to take ownership of that thought just because it comes across my mind and some care counseling and social workers think about like you know there's just like this river of thoughts that flow through your mind and some you can pick out and take as your own but others you don't have to take and let them flow out um they don't have to define you so I'm trying to work on when I hear that negative thought being conscious that I have them but when I hear that negative thought letting it flow not taking ownership of it but also taking the positive ones um being a more more intentional about the positive ones too Mm, that's great I love it well, y'all, this has been a conversation full of drifts and shifts <laughs> and everything in between. Yes. Uh, Jarrett, thank you for, for being here and being the first guest, the, the OG guest, uh, the O guest. I think it'll go down in the history books. I think people will tell their children one day that yeah. they were there they were they there. listened to me on, on a Soul City podcast. The first Transformation podcast. We also want to give a big thank you and shout out to our producer, Julian. Yes, what, a Julian. what a star. Julian. And a big thank you to all of you. Thank you yes, for being the you. first listeners. You are here in on the ground floor, uh, which means a lot to us, means a lot to me. Thanks so much for being here. And I think Noelle actually has a request for I all I do of you. have a mm. request um, I put on your to-do list. Uh, I want to make sure you subscribe and leave a review of this podcast so that it helps more people find it and experience transformation for themselves. Yes, and make sure you are following Soul City on all our socials at Soul City on Instagram and all of the things. And tune yes. in next week because we'll be back with another Who episode. Who knows? Who knows who the guest will be next week? Who knows? (laughs) I mean, this it it could be literally anyone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who knows? But we will ask to finish this first episode if our Mm -hmm. guest this week can you give us a a classic Soul City benediction? Oh, thank you, John. Yes, I. Well, I pray that the Lord would wreck your life Mm -hmm. in this podcast. Yes, wreck it with His incredible love and grace. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Transformation Podcast brought to you by Soul City Church. For more from Soul City, including teaching, giving information, or to join us for any of our weekend gatherings, visit our website, soulcitychurch.com.